G'day everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Rep Podcast. This is a very special week, as we have Pakistan's CrossFit national champion, Mishka, sitting down for a conversation with us. Mishka speaks her mind, which is amazing for No Rep, because she is hilariously witty and has the smarts to back it up. The boys get her take on what it is to be national champion, CrossFit's decision to cut more than half the athletes after the first event, and the downside of dedicated training and just what CrossFit is trying to accomplish with the changes to the games this year. Mishka also reveals that she's training for the zombie apocalypse, called bullshit on functional training, and explains why we all can't achieve our goals with just hard work. Listen in to a national champion of CrossFit and comedy, now on No Rep. Mishka, it's uh, it's Saturday morning. It's nine o'clock. If you um, you probably didn't work out today. No, today is my only rest day. Yeah. How did your workout go yesterday? Uh, it went really well. What was the workout? What did you do? How did uh, it go? Heavy back squats, yeah. lots of devil presses, which I actually enjoy a lot, um, and bench press. It was. It felt like a bit of a bro workout. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dave, did you work out with her yesterday? I, said, no, so I think it was you. my programming that she did. <laughs> right. What's a devil's press? Um, so it's a essentially two dumbbells. You go into a burpee. You grab onto them, um, and you swing them between your legs and then overhead. Oh, I think okay. It was yeah, we created it sort of. I mean, it was it's a military exercise, is what I understand. But Wadapalooza was the first one to like introduce it. Okay. Into I, now, when you come up on that, do you keep your arms more or less straight and make it a hinging movement, or do you kind of bring it up to your shoulders and then press it out? It's more of a hinging movement, more like a, hinging. a swing, yeah. Okay. I can swing, baby. <laughs> uh, Dave, what about you? Uh, well, I did Cindy yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, coming back from a three-day vacation, escape into Maine, uh, plenty of lobster and, and beer and other things that I don't make me feel great afterwards. And so it went fine. Mm-hmm. It went fine. Um, How many rounds did you get? Uh, Eighteen, and then That's five really pull-ups. Good. This guy. I was I was smoked. Dave's it was five two two ten, so he's really moving a lot. Of- <laughs> <laughs> there was some mass I was moving there. About two hundred pounds right now. So yeah, those those push-ups were heavy, and the pull-ups were heavy. Nice. But yeah, it was good. Yeah, I wanted to get my heart rate up. Today is uh, my Damien programming stuff. So after we get out of here, I'm going to go over to. PVCF oh, that's and right. do some you guys, of that. You guys are both Damien coach. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'm like the oddball out here. You got to get in, man. Yeah. The guy's an evil genius. He really is. So I, uh, this is, this is, uh, I, I've, I'm coming off of two rest days in a row. I'll work out today, but uh, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I'm like trying to get my, I want to get a good Cindy score. I want to hit 25 rounds. I'm at like 22, 23. That's great. Yeah. And so I'm in every Tuesday, I'm doing Cindy type workouts. So on Tuesday, I ended up doing 400 air squats on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, my girlfriend Colette said, I don't want to do the wad. Let's do this one that I found, which included 10, 20, 30, 40, 40, 30, 20, 10 of back squats at 110 pounds. So I did 200 back squats at 110 pounds the day after doing 400 air squats. So needless to say, for the last two days, I've been you know, walking like I have a stick up my ass. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, every time I go to take the stairs, I have to think things through about you know if I trip and if I if I tuck and roll, how's this going to work out? Um, so I haven't gotten a workout in a couple of days, but uh, today I'll get mine in. Yeah, cool. You know, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I think you win the the work off the work off workout face off though, Mishka. 
because I work out more than you guys. Well, that, but also because you did, you just outbroed Dave. That's great. Yeah, you totally outbroed me. I did the bodyweight stuff, and you did all the fun stuff yesterday. So yeah, let's. Uh, you want to get into this? And yeah, let uh, let's do it. All right, here we go. Uh, welcome everybody. This is No Rep Podcast. This is episode two point eleven. We have extra special guest Mishka Murad. Thank you. Yeah. Did I do that right? Yeah, you said it right. All right. So uh, Mishka is a, uh, among other things, a uh, is going to be competing at the CrossFit Games this year uh, as the uh, Women's National Champion of, I want to say, Pakistan. Is that it? is right. Huh? Yes. Two for Ten two. points. Bravo, yeah. Tony. Bravo. Well, I listened to uh, Barack Obama pronounce <laughs> Pakistan for eight years. And that's oh. why we respect him. And that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, so we're, we've got a lot of things we want to cover today. Uh, Mishka is uh, a very interesting person with a, um, a lot of interesting views on uh, CrossFit, fitness, training, uh, politics, I think, probably, especially <laughs> related to fitness and training and, uh, and uh, her experience or uh, what she expects to happen at the game. So I am uh, looking forward to getting into it. Dave, are you looking forward to getting into it? Or are you, you bet, man. Are you awake yet? Yeah. Oh, I'm awake. I'm All here. Right. I'm ready. All right. Well, let's dive in. All right, cool. Mishka, obviously, best part to start. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. What brought you to CrossFit? How'd you get there? So I actually moved to Bangkok um, in 2010 um, after I had finished I finished my undergraduate at Mount Holyoke College, and then I'd gone on to do my master's at Trinity College Dublin in Ireland, and I went back to Pakistan to work there for two years, and I just found it really difficult to be there with the... Um, the way I had transformed at college and who I had become and these freedoms that I had seen that I knew existed in other countries and that's what I wanted for myself. So I moved to Bangkok and while I was you know, an English teacher, as lots of people are in Bangkok, I actually studied to be a fitness instructor. I got my certifications in personal training. I'm a DRX, I was, I should say, a DRX master instructor. I just want to just make sure I understand this. You, grew, But you grew up in Pakistan. Yes, I did. So I, I went, I was in Pakistan basically my for a short time between the ages of three and seven, I was in London because my dad was working there. So as a family, we were all in London. But I moved back when I was seven years old and I stayed in Pakistan until the age of 18 when I finally left to go to college okay, in the US. Well, and you went yeah. up at, at, at Mount Holyoke College, which for people who don't know is one of the more prestigious colleges around. It's right. uh, one of the little Ivy, NESCAC type schools. It's the oldest women's institution or college in the US. So I went to, I left for Bangkok and, and that's where I got my certifications. But I, I did not get into the cross fit scene there. Okay. Um, Thank you for bringing us back to CrossFit. Yes, I had to. Um, and then after four years in Thailand, I was like, this place is not for me either. And so I got a really awesome job in Mexico, and I'd never been to Mexico before. Whoa. Um, didn't speak I, Spanish. I would say still my Spanish is pretty average, but I can get by. Um, and so I moved to Guadalajara in Mexico, and then I was like, well, fuck, I don't have any friends. I don't know anybody. I don't speak the language. So I You're like you- Dave now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I I saw a CrossFit box down the road and I was like, if I can, if I keep taking like the 5 p.m. class, I will get to know the people in that class because I'll see the same faces and I'll learn some Spanish because the coaches didn't speak any English. So my gym Spanish isn't that bad. Um, How many gym Spanish swears do you know? Swears? Nah, they were really polite coaches. Oh, they didn't. Really? 
but like uh, the, the pronunciations of things in Spanish are very different. Um, and so really my reasons for getting into CrossFit for, were just that I was trying to find a sense of belonging. I was trying to find a community and I was trying to get to know people. Um, I didn't know anything about elite athletes or the CrossFit games at that point, nothing like that. What was it like starting starting CrossFit and starting it in Mexico as opposed to starting it in the U.S. where CrossFit came from? Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think I got really lucky, and I feel terrible saying this, but I think I got really lucky because the first class I attended, there was only one other person in that class with me, which is always kind of scary because you get more attention from the coach that way, and you it's your first day, and you kind of suck, and it's embarrassing. But that's the other person was this completely useless girl, more useless than I was, and I could barely even lift a bar, so I kind of felt good about myself. And that, by the way, is something that continues to, to this day, right? Like yeah, I always, always work out with people who aren't as good as you. You feel great. Exactly. Um, and so I was really fortunate in that way that I wasn't the worst person. But the minute I walked into the box, you know, somebody was already there snatching what looked like hundreds of pounds over their head, which I'm sure at this point is just 95 pounds, but it looked really heavy to me. Sure. But instead of seeing it as like, well, that's really frightening, I just looked at it and thought, that's what I want to be able to do. Um, and I was really inspired by it. And now looking back, I feel like, you know, I didn't pick up on things like bad form, bad technique. Um, but it's just, it's it's the ability to like push yourself and to start from zero and really see how far you've gotten. Because I think on a day-to-day basis, we always feel like we're not good enough. Um, but when I look back to my time in Mexico, when I was literally with a 15-pound training bar, and I remember doing seven thrusters and wanting to throw up, I've come a pretty long way. Wow. Yeah. And now you probably do thrusters, or you probably do Fran RX with 65. Um, I have done Fran RX. I still want to throw up, though. Yeah. <laughs> so that hasn't changed. That's Fran. Yeah, right. Oh, you're looking at me? Yeah, man. I asked uh, the first question. Well, so let's... <laughs> <laughs> so from, from, you know, that was, that was day one in Mexico. Let's mm-hmm. jump all the way to where you are now in your training because you're going to the games. Yeah. How did you manage? How did how did that happen? Um, well, Greg Glassman changed his mind. Is ultimately what happened because I've partaken in the um, open for the last three years. Okay. And the first year, I scaled everything. I was useless, um, and I wasn't putting in any effort at the gym. It was more like a social experience than anything else because I just moved back to the U.S. So again, it was more about community and getting to know people. Um, also, it was my first year as a PhD student, so I was dealing with that. And it wasn't something that I was taking very seriously. Um, I've ne- like I said, I've never thought that I'm that I was ever going to go to the games. It wasn't realistic for me. The second year, I was able to do I think two wads, maybe RX. Sure. And then finally, I was like, well, you know, I just want my goal is for this year, 2019, to be able to RX all the wads. That's all I want to do. So I actually started working with Rob from Norwatic, um, okay. which is my home box, and we did a lot of individualized programming, and that was the goal to just be able to try and do the wads RX. And then it wasn't until a couple of months before this Open that there was talk that national champions could go to the games and what that might mean. And even then, I didn't quite believe it because I totally expected one of the wads to start with like a handstand walk, which I don't have still, or a ring muscle up. And in that case, the minute you scale the wad, you're eliminated. Um, So I was waiting for that to happen. So I think it was like 
the idea of being able to go to the games was becoming more and more concrete every week that the open wads were being announced because the minute it started with something I could do I'm like oh I don't need to scale this right. this is great I'm still in the running and so I remember the final the final wad when I'd done all the others RX even though there were movements in them I couldn't like I didn't have strict handstand push-ups but because that was sort of sandwiched between other movements right. I was still able to RX that wad and the I remember being in class on a Thursday night and I had like my friends watching the announcement because I couldn't and I was like just text me and please for the love of God let it be thrusters because I knew I could RX thrusters at 65 <laughs> and I was like just some thrusters and a gymnastics move that I can do so for the first time in my fucking life I was relieved to hear that it was thrusters I was going to say how many times have you hoped for never. thrusters nobody hopes nobody hopes for give thrusters give me the thrusters and I remember walking in Friday and being like Rob I'm so excited to do thrusters of course four thrusters in I was feeling sick already but like I was still really grateful that that's what it was wow so when you when you find out that the national champ can from each country can go it, did you immediately know like th- that if you could do them all rx that you had a good shot of going in other words did you know how many women from pakistan were crossfitters at this point yeah so i actually know um, my male counterpart who's going bilal um, who's the fittest in pakistan and has been for the last couple of years he owns the only box in Karachi, which is where I'm from, and the only box in Pakistan, the only affiliate. Wow, okay. So um, I know that he is, you know, creating some really great athletes. And and there was, there's this one woman who did I, something ridiculous, like 20 strict handstand push-ups in Pakistan. And like, you know, that was a eye-opening moment for me because she's super talented. And, and in that wad, you know, I was number three or number four. And then of course, just like everywhere else, there are a bunch of cheaters. Sure. And you know those scores were fake. And, and She's looking at you, Dave. I don't know why. <laughs> my my 10,000th place finish was legit. <laughs> okay, pal. <laughs> no, but like there, because there are no other affiliates, people had to upload their videos. And so you got to see these people not performing the movement, but then counting them in the reps. Uh. And I was just wondering, and that would like put them up in, on the leaderboard. And I was just wondering if no one ever checks their videos from CrossFit headquarters, mm. then they can still be number one sure and how do you compete against somebody who cheats mm, right. so i mean i thought that there would be there was definitely a chance that i could do it but every week the first week i came in i was like the four, in fourth place or third place because somebody completely annihilated me 19.1 with wow. the wall balls and the rowing neither of which are my thing so what does it mean to you to be the national champion from pakistan um i think that it is, it's been really mixed, like how I felt about it. On the one hand, I really wanted it and I'm really proud of my achievements and I don't think that they have come without the help of my coaches because obviously like programming is a huge part of that. The fact that I've dialed in my nutrition is a huge part of that. But on the other hand, I, I definitely feel like there's a little bit of judgment behind it because had I not held that Pakistani nationality, you can check out my ranking. I'm pretty shit on the leaderboard, let's be honest. There's lots of things that I can't do. There's lots of things that people can do better than me. And so I, I do understand that people are maybe a little bit resentful. Um, but I shouldn't have to placate them and I shouldn't have to talk down about it because it's it's an achievement for me. And I don't often get my way being a Pakistani or having a Pakistani passport. And so this worked out in my favor and I'm trying to get to a place where I can say, yes, this is a huge achievement and yes, I'm really proud of it. Um, I think more than anything, I've just been really grateful for the journey because I've been training as if I, you know, 
might have more than three minutes of the games. And that's allowed <laughs> me to, that's given me a real sense of clarity in terms of what I want. I always thought that this is the life that I wanted, but I've had to say no to so many events, like in terms of being social, because I had a certain number of hours to put in at the gym. I'm also working, trying to get started on my dissertation. So that's a lot of work. And I just, it's keeping me from, from being social, from eating the things I want, from doing the things I want, because I'm exhausted when I'm done. And that's just not what I want from myself at this point in my life. So it's given me clarity in that regard, and I'm really grateful for it. But I think the last two weeks, I'm just going to approach it having the best time possible, especially since, you know, it'll be like four minutes of fame, <laughs> if that. Right, because as we, as we had mentioned at the beginning, you're... you're um what are they going to do? They're going to cut it. It's 134 women to start. That's right. That's what they say, yeah. And they're going to cut it to 75 after 75. the first event. Yeah. <laughs> so first workout, half the people that, that traveled there are going to go home. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Again, really, really mixed. Um, on the one hand, I, I knew it was going to happen. Before I even heard the announcement, I kept telling people, it's gonna, I'm going to be there for three minutes. I'm going to be there for two minutes. Because I was always thinking about the logistics behind it. Like, how do you get judges and volunteers to like do that crap over and over and count people's reps and like set up the space? Um, but when it was announced, I thought they'd give us at least two watts, like Mm. at least make us feel like we've worked out. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so unfair. I'm so fortunate because I'm in the US, so I didn't have to pay my visa fees. And my ticket is cheaper than somebody who's coming from Zimbabwe or my friend who is coming from Pakistan. And I just, and they're coming and yes, it's a, people keep saying they should be thankful to be here, but why thankful? Like they earned the spot as per the new rules that Greg Glassman put up. I think maybe it should have been announced way earlier. Mm-hmm. So at least you had the opportunity to say, I'll take the title of fittest in whatever, because they mention in the rule book that if you, even if you choose not to attend the games as a national champions, they don't, they don't backfill. Mm. So you are still the national champion. I gotcha. Okay. And that for some people that might have been enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the fact that people have raised this money, taken time off from work and who knows, maybe there are significant others, maybe the family is coming too. Sure. Um, I think it's funny. I'm just going to provide comic relief at this point. <laughs> in my head, it could be worse, right? In my head, it could be that they next announce that it's two minutes of ring muscle-ups while you're smoking a cigarette at the same time. <laughs> so it, in that case, we're all fucked. Yeah. Um, and somehow Matt Frazier and Tia Claire Toomey will still win it. Still win it. They're like, oh, yeah, we've, we've been practicing smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Frazier's up to a pack a day right now. <laughs> he trains so he doesn't have a wheelhouse. <laughs> so he says. Well, you know, it's, but it's, it's also fascinating to me, and I'm the, sort of the, the, the broader question of what you think it means that CrossFit is is highlighting national champions and what you think that means for CrossFit in Pakistan and, and, and other non-American countries. You know, when they first announced it, I thought it was great that they were being more inclusive and that they were celebrating this diversity and realizing that CrossFit is not a level playing field, that we didn't all grow up with a, you know, playing a sport or having gymnastics in our background. And some of us were like confined to reading and writing or doing things that kept us safer because of the places that we grew up in. So I was all on board for it. But I think these very people that you're talking about who are now looking at people performing at their box are also thinking, oh my God, I'm seeing this woman or this man bust their ass every day 
and they might be walking off the field in four minutes. Mm. And I think what we're forgetting is in some cultures more than others, there's also a concept of shame. Like I can walk off the field and be like, oh yeah, fuck it, at least I'm here. But in some cultures, like it's a really big deal to have made that sort of effort and then just to be walking off the field with no, no regard for it. <laughs> I think what's really... What's even more upsetting is the day after it was announced, Dave Castro published on his Instagram that he turned it into a wad. Did you guys see that Instagram? No. So he said, oh, the cut is like, I, he turned the cut into an Instagram po- uh, post where he, it's a wad now where you do 100 and, I don't know, 45 double unders unbroken. And then you do, you do what is it? 75 unbroken because that's the cut stage, right? And then you do 45 unbroken. So he basically, like, that's how they're planning on on getting rid of people is from 145 to 75. And he's to making a joke of it. Yeah, and he did the wad, and he's like, publish, post your time, and tell us how long it took you to do all these uh, double-unders unbroken. And it's like, wait a second, these aren't fucking double-unders. They're people. They're people's lives. Yeah. And you don't give a shit. And the thing is, on the one hand, we have to understand that CrossFit is a business. We always knew that, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other, it's just, there's a lot of us that do CrossFit because especially me it's like for some people it's like where they found their friends where they found their lovers you know where they found community for me it's like where I find home every time I'm in a new country mm-hmm. it's where I find my sense of belonging it's where I walk in and there's a, there's a common language mm-hmm. so yes you can talk to people about friend before you even know their names mm-hmm. or you know where they're from like there's that and I I think I think that this has really upset it's upset me mostly because the minute athletes are eliminated, if they want to stay on and watch the games, especially in the Coliseum, they're responsible for buying a ticket. What? Wow. So you get a festival pass, which is where you're available, where it's, you know, you can still watch the outdoor events. But if you want to watch the elites in the Coliseum, any event in the Coliseum, you have to buy a Coliseum pass, which is $299. Wow. And the athlete's coach, too, is responsible for purchasing that ticket because the minute they are not an athlete, the coach is not a coach. That's incredible. So it, it, it just hits really hard in a lot of ways. Yeah, because yeah. That, and when you convert even the U.S. dollar to another currency, that's so much money for so many people. Sure. What it means for somebody to become the best CrossFitter in Zimbabwe mm-hmm. or in wherever is very different from becoming the best crossfitter if you're an an American or if you're British because of your access to money and and resources and and, and all kinds of different things. Right. If you want CrossFit to be sort of the default fitness protocol for human beings, well, okay. But first, you know, there are a billion human beings that like first you need to get them fresh water. Right. First you need to get them decent sewage. Mm -hmm. Um so there, you know, what you're describing opens up a huge can of worms. It's not just fitness; it, it, it ultimately gets political. Right. Yeah, I don't know if I, be- I don't know if I believe that that's what they're trying to do when, like, their tagline is forging elite fitness, whatever the fuck that means, right? Like, you throw in that word in there, and you're already eliminating most people. And even well, the Dave idea- got eliminated right there. Yeah. <laughs> and even the idea of like having time to 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 move and like find like just to when we talk about fitness and we talk about movement and being healthy, mm. the first thing we I think about is time. And it's like, if you're working multiple hours a day or if you're raising kids or you have high stress levels, like that's just not like, it's, it's not even a privilege. It's just a luxury. Yeah. I think within CrossFit, there's this, this big split. Like there are, you know, I think the Dave Castro and I don't, I mean, I don't really know whose positions are what, but like there's this 
idea when it comes to the open that like the only purpose of the open is to figure out like who's the fittest on the planet and then there's this other view that part of the purpose of the open is to literally open it up to everyone, everyone. yeah I, I, and another thing i'll say is that for, for my, my my view on it is that i want to criticize crossfit from within the family mm-hmm. you know and i think we're all sort of of this view that like crossfit is this great thing and they're trying to figure it out and we we can be critical about it while saying but look you've we don't want to we don't want to kill the whole thing right you know um so i sort of just throw that out there that we're we're criticizing with love Right, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't give it up. It, I, it's brought me so much joy. It continues to bring me so much joy. But I think, ultimately, I don't go to the box to do lunges. I mean, I go to the box to do lunges with other people because it adds something to my day. Um, and there are conversations that happen between those lunges, you know? And there's develop them, development that happens as a mental fortitude that comes with doing CrossFit that I don't think I would have developed otherwise. Like, to be able to put yourself in that much pain and to keep going. I didn't know that was an option five years ago. <laughs> but apparently it is. I just think that there are like there there are things there are other events that we can learn from like Waterpalooza where you have these teams that are scale that are intermediate where you have people just willing to pay money right to go sure. and to show up. If CrossFit did something like that, I still think it would get representation from different countries. Mm-hmm. But these people would then be willing and have the finances to be able to do that, and maybe they'd be in the scale division because they technically shouldn't be RX. I don't think I should be RX either. Let's be honest. There's lots of things I still can't RX. So I just think it would open it up and then say, look, it is for everyone because here you have a scale team from wherever the fuck they're from. Right. So going back real quick to uh, these elite athletes. So what happens a lot of times in professional sports, fairly or unfairly, is these elite athletes in basketball or football or baseball get pegged as role models, Mm -hmm. whether they like it or not, because now they're on this stage and and kids look up to them and they're like, I want to be like that kid. Um, That is going to happen with these elite CrossFit athletes. Right. And so you have Matt Fraser um, on his Instagram and there, he kind of just lets himself hang out there. So do you think that, what, what do you thought? Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, do you think that these elite athletes could be good role models? Um, absolutely to certain people, but I don't look, I mean, I have mad respect and admiration for all of them because I think it's great what they've achieved, but I, I just can't connect with any of them. Like as a person of color, as somebody from, you know, a third world, um, as, per- as a person who did not have these opportunities growing up, I want to know that at 35, somebody can still come in and like be in the games and like really, really deserve it. And somebody who didn't have the background and doesn't have the programming. And so how do how do I look at them as role models when their meals are cooked for them mm-hmm. and they're getting 10 hours of sleep every single night and they grew up with these great sporty backgrounds that have to have given them an advantage. And I'm not saying that those are excuses as to why they're good because they're not, but certainly they had certain things that some athletes who might be at the games now won't. And I think that's what I really wanted to see is I really wanted to see some of the national champions who I believe I read it was was it the woman from Papua New Guinea who was doing toaster bar in a basketball hoop ring? Like, because wow. they didn't have the bar. That's what, like, oh I had God. read. So that's pretty fucking amazing to me. Where that's that a, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have such a struggle when I'm, like, looking at people's Instagrams and I see, like, you know, hashtag HWPO, hard work pays off. And I'm like, really? You think that's all it is? Like, because if that's all it is, a lot of us have been busting our balls every day in sure. various ways, not just CrossFit. 
but somebody has slammed the door in our face, whether it's in terms of getting a job or, you know, getting, you want to travel to another country, you get rejected for your visa. It's not just hard work. Like there are injustices in life. Can we please acknowledge that? Can we please talk about that? Don't tell, don't chalk it up to the fact that I just didn't want it bad enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a, um, and I think that there's a there's something in the CrossFit culture that buys into that. You know, I saw uh, I think it was a games athlete quote recently that said something like, "I want you know all girls to know that they're that they can do anything they want to do." Right. What's your thought on like something like a statement like that? <laughs> well, as somebody who majored in gender studies, as somebody who comes from a country where women's rights are still something that are problematic, that are taken away from them, as somebody who comes from a country where child marriage is still a problem, being in the U.S. where there are still things like, you know, child trafficking and prostitution. Every country has these issues. So it's all well and good to put it on Instagram. I understand that there is motivation behind it, that maybe someone who's having a really crappy day will read it and think, yes, I can do this. It'll make them better. But I would never fucking walk up to a child prostitute and be like, listen. (laughs) Get your shit together. You can have anything you want. Anything. Anything. The world's your oyster. What are you doing? Oh, my God. And so it's just, it's really upsetting because I just think there's more to it than that. And there are forces in play that keep you down. And whether they are cultural or religious or traditional or their linguistic linguistic barriers or whatever it is, there's always something that that there's there's an oppression out there that's keeping you where you are. Um, and I'm glad that there are some some women who don't face that. Like, good for them. But there are some of us who, like... I still struggle to walk down a street without being wolf whistled at. And I'm talking about at UMass, by the way, like where you, I can't walk by a frat house without being wolf whistled at. So where, where is this notion of, you know, of my freedom, my rights, my, my feeling safe? Like, I just don't think it's very realistic and it's a very nice sentiment. And I understand that people might buy into it because it's hopeful mm-hmm. and we need that. Sure. But is it realistic and does it apply to all of us? Let's be honest. No, there's no black and white. There's sure. no definitive statement that applies to all of us. Sure. How does, um, how long have you been, you've been doing CrossFit now, what, eight years, seven years? Um, actually July will be my fifth year. Okay. All right. So, f- so five years. How, how is, has your view about these kinds of issues changed at all being in the CrossFit community and doing what you're doing and getting to the fitness of level of fitness that you're in? Does that, does, does that inform your view at all? Does that Yeah, because I think I hear all the time from people like you've gotten so much better and I have. Right. And there are things that I've taken into that I've changed in order to get better. But then there are also things that I think about where I just don't think I'm ever going to be great as long as I'm still struggling with the stress levels that I have from being a human, being a PhD student, not getting 10 hours of sleep, having to cook my own meals, having to like clean a house. I don't know how how realistic that is. So when we say that you can, like when I walked into CrossFit, I truly believed that I could be really, really great. And now I'm like pretty okay being a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm a piece of shit and I am the best version of this piece of shit that I can be. And as long as that keeps getting better every day, that's all there is. Like, I think we really... You're the shit, Mishka. Oh, thank you. Um, (laughs) I think we just really need to be realistic about it. And I think we also need to remember that what is the end goal for a lot of us? Like, is every single one trying to get to the games? Or is it just, I want to really get better and I want to push even harder tomorrow. um, And I want to be better next year than what I am today. And that's, that's ultimately something that's been... That's something that I've that I've taken on a lot. 
I think that's helpful for people who are maybe struggling in CrossFit or newer to CrossFit is realistic goals. Right. And, and it could be an opportunity. And I know um, our the owner of our CrossFit gym was looking at, you know, how can I help people with that setting realistic goals? So you know what you're working towards. Right. And, absolutely. And it's not the goal. It's not the games. Right. I mean, I gave up on that dream. Right. <laughs> but, oh, Dave, it's premature. I mean, but you I just think, need another boss. I mean, I'm 38. <laughs> I'm 38. I figure in 30 more years I'll be able to compete in that division. Yeah, so as long as I just, as long as I stick with it, you yeah. know. So, um, but yeah, I think I think setting realistic goals is really helpful for people. And, and my focus is with with Damien was just I want more shoulder mobility so I can get better at right. snatches and develop my core strength. So let's focus on that. And it's like giving me a new drive. Right. Like I'm really excited to go do his programming and then also see how it translates into my watts. Right. And I think and I think that's also part of the problem is that when you get Get caught up in this idea of wanting to be really great at CrossFit, sometimes you might forget that you actually don't like parts of it. And so when I started with Damien... Wait, there are parts that are bad? <laughs> I, I think so. But it's like when I started with Damien, I was like, my deadlifts suck. We have to work on my deadlifts. And then he started giving me a lot of deadlifts. And they've gotten a lot better. But when I'm doing them, I'm always just like, why the fuck am I picking up this really heavy object and then putting it down exactly where I got it from? Like, have me cross and, you know, move it across the room or something. This is so stupid. I just <laughs> don't get it. I don't get it. But then there are other things that I actively trained for where I was like, I told Rob, I was like, I want a legless rope climb because in my head, if the zombie apocalypse happens and my legs are like bitten off, I need to be able to use my arms to climb up a rope. That to me is legit. You That's know? practical. Very. See, I love that practical view of things. And it, it's a smart goal. You can train for it, you yeah. know, and now I have a legless rope and climb. And by the way, functional so fitness is supposed can, to be applicable. If you can get a legless rope climb while you still have legs, think of how much better you'll be if you actually lose them. Right. So, yeah, it doesn't all have to be functional. I, totally, I never even thought about deadlifts like that. I just get excited about it, lifting really heavy things. I mean, if it, But then I'm just putting it down. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's how I feel about double unders, too. I'm like, okay, so this is great. Also, I pissed my pants. Also, now what? Like, I can swing this rope twice. And, like, what has that done for my sense of, like, yes, is it a sense of achievement? Sure, because I struggled with that for a long time, and I still struggle with double unders. So do I. But how, when have I ever used that shit outside of a box? (laughs) Like, never. A muscle-up still is useful to, like, climb over, you know, somebody's fence when you want to break into their house. Like, I yeah. get It's that. actually really upped my hop's house game with my friends. Yes. There yeah, you go. Hopscotch has taken to a whole new level. I thought you played online hopscotch. Yeah, no, I'm not, not quite there yet, but I've, I've thought about signing up for I it. I think that's how they should introduce exercises to us, to just be like, this is really important if you wanted to, like, haul yourself over a gate. Therefore, we're teaching the muscle-up. Here's, you know? here's what, I'm, what I'm thinking is that, you know, most of us, at least in the first world, world are, are, you know, even most of us do office jobs, right? right? So, so really functional fitness is we should, we should go and like, <clears throat> they should force us to sit for nine hours straight, mm. you know, like see if you can manage that because that, that's really the body that you need today. With good posture. With good, right. Yeah. Good posture, you know, I mean, I, all I have to do is be able to get to the, get to the soda machine a couple times a day to get another Coke. And I think that that's like also been one of my takeaways is what do I really enjoy about CrossFit and what are the things that I really don't care for and don't care if I like don't get better at if the games wasn't involved I don't know if I'd bust my ass trying to learn squat snatches to be honest because again I just like am I picking up a suitcase off the floor in a squat position and then hauling it up into a shelf probably not I'm just going to ask somebody else to pick that shit up for me like let's be realistic <laughs> and so right. I just feel 
feel like if there's, and that's why individualized programming is great because A, it can help you build up your weaknesses, but also like it could focus around what you really want to get better at versus what you have to sort of do. What do you, what do you, what do you say to the people out there that, that, that there, I think there's that, that great balance between working on the things, you know, a lot of people will, will you know, like Greg Glassman will say, you know, you got to work on the things that you suck at. Sure. You know, on the other hand, if all you do is work on the things you suck at, you'll you're not going to do it long term. Right. Like so, uh, where, where where do you put that balance for yourself? So I think again, sandwiching it between movements that you love. So I think Damien knows a lot about me, and Rob certainly knew know a, a lot about me. Where I love strongman shit, like I just love it, and I love things that make me feel like a farm animal for some reason. <laughs> so if you make me do something awful that I hate, like a deadlift, but it's between uh, farmer's carry or a yoke carry, it will be more acceptable to me because there's some element of fun in there. I'm like, okay, I have to do this one thing that I don't want to do, but then I get to do all of these three things that I really want to enjoy. But yes, having a program where it's just stuff that you suck at, again, I think that's a di- that's a difference between elite athletes and regular human beings. Is just elite athletes know they have to do it because there's money on the line, there's sponsorship on the line, because that's their job. Sure. Whereas for me, it's like, I just want to go into the gym for an hour and have a good time and not mm. feel... Like I'm the worst person every single wad there yeah. is. Let me ask this: Do you do you? Um, I think that there's a a difference between approaching CrossFit to be a competitive athlete versus approaching it for a lifetime of fitness. Right. Have Have you faced that issue in terms of training for the games, and and if so, how have you ad- addressed it? I mean, I feel, <laughs> I feel like my body hurts all the time. And as a lifestyle, that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, again, if you're a competitive athlete, you also have access to all these different forms of recovery um, and what that looks like. But for me personally, I just think that it is so clear, God, that if you want to do this long term, you have some real, you have smaller goals that you set up for yourself that maybe you can achieve in three or four months. But ultimately, you always keep in mind that the final goal is just to be able to walk into the box, you know, in 10 years and still be able to lift and move really easily. And, and as a woman, I also think about it now because we have so many CrossFit moms out there, right? Who are ruining it for all of us because there was a time where you could get pregnant and have a baby and be fat and happy. (laughs) And now they have abs and on in day two. And so there's that notion too, where I want to be in shape because if I ever have a child, I want to be that woman who like, yeah, sure. I had a baby and sure. I carried this thing in me for nine months, but I'm back in the box you know, in, in week two. And so I think that comes with being really understanding and knowing that there's a lot more life for you beyond, you know, the open and beyond the games. And, and I think if there's one change I'd like to see in CrossFit, it's just honestly more teamwork and partner work in wads. Like, I think maybe that would drive people away from this notion that I want to go to the games. I want to go to the games. And just like, if we, if all our gyms had worms, that'd be five of us on it at a, at the same time. And that would be a lot of fun. And that's community and that's having a great time. But Team workouts are my favorite. Right. I love team workouts. I always do better. And even if we have team workouts, generally, in in my experience there, I mean, partner workouts are common. Team workouts are like three or four people. What if you made it six people and you made it really interesting and fun? And and it could be like a game simulation, right? Because if people want to go to the games, you can can bring that to the box. You don't Mm -hmm. have to like 
build them up to think it's all it's going to happen. You can have fittest. In, you can have fittest in the box. I right. Mean, and I think that's really interesting because we talk a lot about CrossFit and community, but we don't talk about CrossFit and competition. And it's like you know, there's somebody looking over their shoulder at you every time a wad starts where they're like, "I want to beat this bastard," like I want to get them, or or I'm going to count that person's reps because I know they're a fucking cheater. Right. <laughs> and so there is that aspect of of competition, and I think that also would be solved with the aspect of teamwork because you can't lie when you got five people on your team and a worm on your shoulder because you're all squatting I'm a lawyer I can get a team of five people to lie about almost anything that's true (laughs) it's people like you that give us a bad (laughs) rap You know, it's funny going real going real quick back to when you're talking about um, CrossFit women getting pregnant and everything. They're showing themselves on Instagram, and and, and that's the other phenomenon because in, uh, Instagram is so huge now, mm-hmm. and all the CrossFit athletes are on there. So if you're a big CrossFit enthusiast, I'm following them all. I have all of them in my stream, right. and all I do is see these super fit dudes doing these incredible weights with right. these perfect snatches and these perfect power cleans, and I'm like, I'm terrible like right. i'm not good and right. I, I you have to uh, it, it's hard to get past that sometimes like i just Absolutely. it looks like every athlete in the world out there is doing way better than me right um so that's why it, again competing in like a realistic setting is is so much better at least for me mentally which and is I all, think, oh, go ahead. Uh, i think you're looking at it and you all and I mean, when I see it, I see that too, that everybody's sort of outlifting me. Their snatches are all great, which, you know, they might not be, by the way, Mm -hmm. but like, that's how it looks to me. Um, But as a woman, I'm also looking at people and I'm like, what a great body. Like, this is so great. I want this. And that's unrealistic as Mm -hmm. well, because you can only look a certain way. Um, And like, what are you, how far are you willing to go to achieve that body? I, I, I don't lift those weights. I don't eat that way. I don't have that lifestyle. So there's that social pressure too, because there's definitely like an aesthetic in CrossFit that people aspire to get. And whether or not that's realistic for all of us is something mm. that we, we battle with. Sure. Sure. It, yeah. It, yeah. I always think of it as, I, I try to think of it as, as moving off of my own personal baseline. Mm-hmm. And I try to think of it as the people in the box are, help me to understand like, oh, I might be able to, that might be reachable for me. Mm-hmm. And I suppose at some level you might look and go, oh, that might be reachable for me at, you know, the people on Instagram or not, but I, I pro- probably not. Right. I mean, but I think that you, you, you want to have the upside of the, so, the, the good social pressure. Like, if I'm in this group, I'm likely to get better than I was. Right. But the problem is when you put yourself in that position, you're, you're, you run the risk of the downside. Right. Of why can't I be like that person? Right. You know, why can't I have Ash's six-pack, you know? Right. Um, and there are reasons for that, and they can be genetic. They can be all kinds of things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, by the way, I, my 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 uh, my girlfriend is one of those mom, a mother of two with a six pack. Of course, and I, you know, but she's a freak. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, sometimes there's a little bit too much emphasis put on that too. I, my own self included. Like you look in the mirror and you're like, oh man, I don't look. You know, I, I've been having too many ice cream sundays lately. That's a thing that happens to me a lot. Right. Um, oh, the ice cream sundays. Yeah, and, and it's I'm 38 years old. Like it, sometimes it's just not sustainable. Life takes over. I work 50 something hours a week. Sometimes uh, a perfect diet is is not in, in the cards. And and uh, I, I think going back to the Instagram, sometimes it makes you harder on yourself. Um, at least it, it does for me. And you go, you go yeah. to the gym, you look around. Uh, so I do have a, 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 some good news on that front. I was just listening to uh, the guy who wrote, uh, the, the zone diet Sears is his last name. I forget mm-hmm. his first name, but he was saying that it, it, to, if you want to know if you're in the zone, get stark naked, stand in front of a mirror. You don't want a six pack. You want a two pack. 
because apparently you need a certain amount of fat to be able to something to do with your metabolism. I don't know the details. I'm not a scientist, but I thought, oh, I'm so much closer to to being optimal than I thought. Right. (laughs) This is great. I think we also forget that like there's so much you sacrifice when you are, and I don't think a a six pack by any means is like the pinnacle of success, right? That's not how I, how I see it. Um, I don't, I think there's difference. There's obviously difference between training for aesthetics and training for performance. And that looks different on everybody. Um, But I think that what, what you give up, in trying to achieve that, like I've been through stages where I've tried to lose weight and then I've tried to gain weight and I've tried to lose weight and and all this with a nutrition plan and all this based on performance and it's just the things that I've said no to, the things that I've like, the memories that I've sort of missed out on and then now I just think when I, again, when I heard this games announcement, right, and I've been watching my diet for like six months and I'm like, I'm going to fucking die with a belly full of lettuce. Like, this is fucking <laughs> shit. What if I get hit by a car tomorrow? They're going to be like, here lies Mishka. Right. You didn't even eat that fucking burger when you had a chance. Like, <laughs> and that's just not like. We did the autopsy. It was nothing but lettuce. <laughs> so sad. And so I've just decided, you know, like after 60, I'm just going to eat myself to death. Like, I can't think of a better way to go, frankly. So I was thinking after 40, but uh, 40 is a lot closer. <laughs> shit, I'd already be dead. <laughs> Which brings which which brings a question. So, what does post games look like for you? Have you thought that far ahead? Do you yeah, know? I'm going to dive headfirst into some deep dish pizza because mm-hmm. I'm actually flying um, in and out of Chicago. I was going to say Chicago, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think just I mean I'm definitely going to keep watching my nutrition, and I think that's again because of what we were saying earlier: longevity, like health, fitness, things that are important. Because I don't want to be. 45 and have my knees creaking and my back breaking and just, you know, have terrible skin because I was eating shitty products. Like I feel good when I eat well, Mm -hmm. but there are moments where people want to be social and there's like, you know, there is a shake shack around the corner and you want to enjoy that. And what's, I mean, I just want to get to a point where I don't feel guilt Yeah. and I can genuinely enjoy company and post games. I still plan on working out. I still plan on working the hardest i'm sure when the game when the open comes around i'll be like fuck it i still want to be national champion again <laughs> yeah. gotta defend the title yeah exactly and i'm sure come at me bitches and they will they will come at me and i think that's what will be really exciting about it and then if i lose i can just be like whatever i retired while i was on top you know? <laughs> <laughs> I got, I oh you thought i was doing that for real exactly <laughs> i didn't even try it <laughs> so i think that it's just going to be i'm really going to and it's not just post games like i have two weeks left and I really just want to have a good time. And at this point, I just go into what is a new box for me in a new place. And I really am talking to more people, you know, learning more tricks, doing fun stuff. Like, I just don't care. I'm really there to, to have fun. I like that. Cool. I like that. Uh, well, this has been fascinating. You think we can uh, find out what uh, Mishka's wad is and then get into the speed round? Yeah, I think I think that's the next course of action there. There's a wad? Well... <laughs> There's your wad. There's your wad. Oh, if you, if you were, if there was a wad called Mishka, yeah, yeah, you know what? what so think what, of your favorite types of workouts, yeah, whether it's an right. AMRAP or whether it's long, short, yeah. etc. So it would definitely be something that's at least thirty minutes. Okay. Yeah, I like this. Um, and it would be something where the the weights are, you know, fairly basic. I would say nothing above sixty five for okay. women. Yeah. Okay. So um, definitely hang power cleans. That is my strongest move, and I have not figured out why. Um, huh. Yes. Hang power cleans, ski erg, 
because that shit is just fun. The concept to bike, no, no, none of that assault bike shit. Oh, the assault bike's brutal. Um, and I would really like legless rope climbs. Yeah, you would. Wow. You thinking like a 30 minute AMRAP? No. So I'm thinking like maybe three, 2K on the ski erg, 30 Hank Bauer cleans. And then on the Concept 2 bike, something like 400 calories. And then two legless climbs. Two legless climbs. Probably. Would, would you do two legless climbs in between each movement? So, like, you finished the hang power cleans, did two legless climbs, that did would the skier. Yeah, that would be great. This, well, this and there would be no warm up, because fuck that shit. <laughs> and there would be no cool down. <laughs> That's going part of the workout. Fuck warm up. <laughs> Just go right Just into it. Show up the- and go. <laughs> so if you get to finish that in 30 minutes, then yeah, you get to do it again. But otherwise, take your time. Yeah. Because it's about, it's about form and basing yourself and just enjoying it. You don't have to push yourself if you don't want to. Yeah, you want to go out and stop in the middle and get yourself a fucking taco, you do that, and then you come back and get back on the bike. That's a good move. I like yeah. that move. Cool. That's all right. So that's quite the workout. Tony's going to have fun with that one. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, all right. I think it's time to do some rapid fire. Yeah, let's, oh let's wrap that fire, man. All right, you ready? I've never been to Shake Shack, but I know you're a fan. Mm-hmm. If I went there, what would be a must try? Uh, the double cheeseburger and a chocolate milkshake and the loaded fries. Also, don't share any of that. Just have it all to yourself. <laughs> don't share. Cool. Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite tattoo? That's a really difficult question. Mm. Um, but I think I like... It's actually not the nicest one I have, but the one on my ribcage is a phoenix, and it's my first tattoo, and it's very symbolic for being somebody who has been through certain difficult situations and sort of risen back up and been reborn. So Mm -hmm. that was the one I've spent more... I spent 30 years almost thinking about it. Wow. 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 I'm wondering what Dave's favorite tattoo is as well. Um, Interestingly enough, it's this phoenix version, which is a totally different version, and it has to do with the time of my life when I was 28 years old and that kind of... It completely changed in a way. That's a long story. But yeah, this actually, so I have a different version of a Phoenix. It's not your traditional looking Phoenix, right. but it's my favorite tattoo. Yeah. Um, truth seeking question How many times does Damien program curling and tricep extensions into your regime? Zero. That liar. He said he only does. No. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Zero. No, you're missing, you're missing I out. do back squats and deadlifts. That's what I do. That's who I've become. That's, well, you know what? That's, an, that's, uh, all right. that's consistent with, we'll, the, with Damien. We'll though. accept that. <laughs> yeah, we'll accept that answer. Uh, if you had to give up coffee or wine, which would you give up? I don't even drink. Like, oh. I would all, I get all my calories. If I'm going to drink, I get my calories from milkshakes. Oh, all right. Yeah. If you had to give up coffee or milkshakes. That's just being assholic. (laughs) (laughs) I reject your question. But since I could probably put coffee in a milkshake, I guess I'd give up coffee. (laughs) Outstanding. What are three songs on your personal playlist when you're training alone? Holy shit. The first one is Mbop by Hanson. Do you guys remember them? Yes. Tony still has it in his car right now. I just heard it on the way over. I, I moved to the U.S. to see them in concert. Like when wow. I was choosing colleges, I said I want to go somewhere that it will snow and that I might see Hanson perform. Did you see live. T- Tony there? 
<laughs> he was right yeah. behind me in line. Yeah, I was um, 40. He had long hair then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Mbop is one of them for sure. Um, and then recently, I think it's been a lot of um, Imagine Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Thunder was is their song, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and another, I'm not really big on music to be honest. Oh, recently, shipping up to Boston because that's where I've been. And that's just like yeah. dropping nice. me, right? right? And you're in Southie, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, that is the perfect song. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, any, any obsessions recently? Yeah, so Egos. I had never had Egos before, and then I started watching Stranger Things, and that chick loves Egos, and I was like, what's the big deal about this shit? Like, you can make them yourself, but I started making, people are going to steal my idea, but I started making Ego sandwiches where, like, I put Nutella on them, and then I add whatever flavor of ice cream you want, and then frosted flakes. Oh, my God. And then you add another Ego on top, and you just crush that shit and eat it, and that's like, I'm going to take that idea to Shark Tank. That's food porn right there. That is Wow. And you can change. It doesn't have to be Frosted Flakes all the time. It could be Honey Smacks. It could be Cheerios. Change the ice cream Fruity flavor. Pretty Pebbles. This is genius. This is genius. I know. You could open your own Ego Shack. That's what, that's the plan. Wow. Ego Shack. Yeah. Tony, I have one more question. Dave? Um, last question for me. Who has a better accent, Ash or Ricky Garrard? I don't even know what Ash fucking sounds like. He oh, didn't even no. show up. He's a giant dick. He didn't even come to my podcast. You know what? That's a good answer. Uh, <laughs> so, Ricky. All right, I'm going to go with Ricky. Ouch, Ash. Ouch. <laughs> that cuts deep. <laughs> They're both Australian, for the record. Uh, and, and for the record, Ash is a Ash is our promoter, and so he, he doesn't always get well, to the recordings. Well, then he should have been here. He, gets, he doesn't get to all of the recordings. Mm. All right, well, he should have been to this one. I he agree. He should have been to this one. We, we 100% How many agree. Pakistanis have you had on this podcast? Just one. That's right. Yeah. And I'm guessing this and, is where it ends. And do you know, <laughs> and you know how many like, CrossFit national champions we've had? Just, just, just one. one. All right. Yeah, I hope Ash is going to hear this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, he's going to. Okay. Oh, he's going to get an earful. So, well, this has been uh, fascinating. This has been awesome. Uh, do you have anything that you wanted to say or share before we close this out? Yeah, I actually wanted to say that I am um, extremely grateful for the people who made it possible for me to be able to even go to the games because it's been such a costly venture and my friend Emma created a GoFundMe and people contributed and there were some people from Pioneer Valley who contributed too and I don't even go there. So that's really heartwarming, really lovely because it's not something... Um, as we've been talking about, that's easy to get to and that's accessible. Uh, I will also like to say to these people that I'm probably going to be eliminated after event number one, so don't get your hopes up. Um, But I am going to have an outfit that is on point and my hair is going to look really good. So for those 20 seconds of airtime I get, I'm going to be looking my finest. Um, And I'm also just going to have a great time and I hope people can understand that. Like I hope they're I feel like there's this pressure on me and I don't know if it's coming from me or from other places. But given the changes, I'm just really excited to be there. I'm really excited to get to meet people. And honestly, it's just like being able to, you know, have the chance to do this podcast or two days ago, I met the owners of Noble, who, by the way, sent pairs of shoes to every national champion who wanted them for free. That's awesome. Yeah. And their their idea behind that had nothing to do with branding. It was all just, we don't even, you know, we want to congratulate you for your efforts and make it easier for you so that you have some of the stuff that you need. Damn. That's that's, awesome. That's what CrossFit is. And I think we need to remember stuff like that. So Michael and Marcus at Noble have been fucking fantastic. The community that I have has been great. Everybody at Southie has opened me, has like welcomed me with open arms. Arms. So I have. So when I talk about the journey, I talk about the people that I've met along the way, 
And I wouldn't change that for the world, even even if I have to do two That's minutes cool. of ring muscle ups yeah. while smoking a cigarette. I'm going to be at the games uh, watching, okay, uh, so I'm going to cheer the shit out of you. Okay. It's, you even can, if you're smoking cigarettes. Okay. And you can also laugh at me once I, it's over. I'll probably be laughing at myself. No way. No way. Mishka, you no gonna cru- you've already crushed it. Yeah. Thank you. You're crushing life. Good luck at the games. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, maybe we'll catch you on the back end. All right. Bye. Hi again. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed the show. If you're interested in hearing some of our other episodes, you can check out our website, norepodcast.com, for a full list of guests and episode show notes that has links to everything that we chatted about. And if you're up for a little bit of shit talking and some banter, you can leave us a comment at norep underscore podcast on Instagram. We'll see you out there.